So does anybody have any comments or questions or anything? Yeah? Ask a question. Um, I came in here uh, trying to figure out if there's a huge emphasis on the, in the West on mindfulness and mindfulness alone is mm -hmm. what I hear. Mm -hmm. But I, my sense from what I've read was that it's followed by investigation, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. and it's followed by defining as to whether what we caught up in the present is either skillful or not, and then there's mm -hmm. an effort put in to, mm -hmm. to abandon, to guard against, to, you know, to what comes up. And so there's, like you mentioned to me, quite a bit of doom, and you just can't uh, sit back and uh, be mindful of something and what I find difficult to do is to just accept it. There are times when it is possible and it should be done, but most often it's 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 a process of really not juggling things, but it's a process of evaluating things, not excessively, but to a point of peace. Mm -hmm. Is that is that Right. Is that what what is this processing okay? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that that's come up a lot with, uh, of course, you know, the use of the word mindfulness and how it's being adapted in in the West and and uh, or, or we could say adapted in in ways that are non-religious uh, and psychological and so in some ways. Buddhism or, or the Buddha is not even mentioned in context with it and thus the the Eightfold Path is not either. It's just a one-fold path uh, So it's just just do this and you'll be okay And I think there's a little more to it. That's often elaborated on based on different people who are who are teaching about following mindfulness, but the way that that it is uh, being used is divorced from those seven path factors and it's not, it's not only, though, investigation, it is, it is all seven path factors, the entire eightfold path. Otherwise, the Buddha would have called it the onefold path, uh, or the twofold path. Mm -hmm. So there's also, it's important to understand that the definition of mindfulness is, is very um, blurry right now. It's, it can just be just present moment awareness. Um, it, can, it can just be a sense of... of uh, of knowing what's what's happening for you, uh, it's not it's not actually, um, and it, and it's different per per different you know sort of bodies of of uh, examination. So it's like uh, psychologists, certain psychologists will use it in one way, others will use it in a different way, others will will suggest using it in particular ways based on how they define it. But there's you know there's there, it's often divorced. For example, from Sampajanya, uh, Sati Sampajanya. So um, there's like there's awareness, and then there's knowing what you're doing while you're doing it. So there's clear comprehension, right, or understanding of what's actually happening. And without that, uh, then you could say, Lumpur read a funny article uh, the other day, and it was just mindful this, mindful that, and, and there's you know mindful eating, mindful sex, mindful divorce, uh, mindful whatever. There's, there's, uh, of course, most of you have probably heard about how they're using it in the military. And um, so they're like, they're training soldiers to, to kill mindfully. 
uh, especially like drone operators who are, you know, they can, they can literally be in some office in the United States guiding a, a deadly plane and, and killing, you know, even several of them can, can be there kind of like playing a video game and, and killing people and uh, like a, a whole village could be destroyed. And then they go home and they watch movies and play around with their kids or, or whatever. And then go to bed and they're finding that they're having trouble sleeping. Well, why? <laughs> why would that be? I wonder. But with mindfulness, then they can attune to their bodies and really have a sense of like, what's actually happening? Oh, I'm feeling this anxiety. Right? And, uh, and then they can say like, well, what's that about? And, and kind of, or they're not saying what's that about. They're saying, well, yeah, you're feeling this anxiety. Feel it. Keep killing. Right? So it's not, it's not a sense of, of then the result is, <laughs> you know, now that you understand, you don't need to kill anyone anymore. But it's, it's trying to get them in tune with, with their body so they're not kind of, like I was saying, just spinning out like I was talking about reacting to a mosquito. But then, you know, so the, the article was, was kind of talking about this as, as a, a, this isn't really what the Buddha was teaching. You know, he wasn't talking about unskillful uh, acts of, of using our, our minds, uh, unskillful way, un- intentions of how we follow his path. And, you know, the end of the article was, was, was very funny because it was just saying, you know, what, what's going to come next? Are we going to have, uh, you know, mindful, I can't remember all the things, but, you know, mindful boxing and, you know, like um, mindful gambling, mindful fracking, um, whatever it is, you, you can just use that word and everything will be all right. Right? That's sort of what mindfulness is, is saying. It's like, well, whatever you do, it's going to make everything all right. And of course, as you're, if you're speaking about it, it's not just about being with what's arising. It's about examining what's arising. You have to actually look at, is it creating an unskillful state for myself? You know, I can know anxiety, but is the actual action creating anxiety? That's where Sampajan is divorced, if you're not looking at that, because you're not seeing... Oh, uh, I've performed this action and it's producing anxiety. Right. That's the tie. That's what actually happened. I clearly knowing, clearly experiencing this activity for what it is rather than, okay, this is anxiety divorced from really knowing what's actually happening, what's causing that. And then seeing that it's, you know, there's dukkha as the primarily easy thing to see. And then there's anicca and anatta. There's, it's, it's insubstantial, it's not for sure, um, it's not self. Uh, we can't tie our identities around it. So Ajahn Chah was asked the same question when, uh, I think I think it was Paul Breiter, I'm not sure, but I believe it was Paul Breiter, who was his former student, was saying that, you know, we can, we can uh, I, I've been with some mountain climbers, and they're really in the present moment. I mean, they're saying that they can be completely attuned to the present moment and, and concentrated when they're, they're mountain climbing and it's really fascinating because it really seems like they're just at the you know agility's edge they're 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 perfectly poised their bodies are responding to things in, in a manner that just shows that they're they're very much in the moment and present with what's what they're experiencing and he said well are they reflecting on dukkha nietzsche and anatta while they're climbing and it's like no there's no wisdom there it's true you know it can it can can bring up concentrated states of mind. Mindfulness can can really help us adapt to what's presently occurring, uh, and it can and can help us witness our experience so that it's it's present for us. But without 
understanding what what's actually happening, what is what it is that we're doing, and the intentions that we have, you know, then then we're not going to gain anything out of it. We can just kind of sort of just be uh, mindfulness junkies in a sense, just like because it's enjoyable, right? Mindfulness is enjoyable. That's what we we learn to realize. Now that's that is skillful. That is going to lead towards usually skillful results because as we tune into our bodies then the normal response that we're going to have is that we're going to be able to see oh there's pain right now you know and, it, and we usually have a sense i don't want to be associated with pain so it'd be interesting for me I, I i haven't seen this but like to see like well is it not just that soldiers for example are um decreasing their uh, sort of runaway anxiety or whatever it is that's occurring for them um, their PTSD, which is what, what we would actually categorize it as, is that they're, they're having post-traumatic stress um, based on their actions. Uh, but is mindfulness actually creating a sense of, of their right and wrong around morality? Like, um, if they can understand that they're experiencing anxiety because of what they're doing, then does wisdom arise out of that? And... And maybe you know it'd be maybe it'd be interesting to see some research done on that. I haven't I haven't read about that so much. That the spontaneously is is um, is there a clearer sense of, of what's actually causing the problem based on on this awareness? But it's not always there. Uh, it's clearly not always there. So that's that's the problem. It, it seems to me like with the mindfulness stuff, they they they're getting hooked into the content, which is not what what should be done. Going back to the Dhamma, if we look at mindfulness as also being recall or memory, and this is happening every minute. You're, you're, you, you see something, you recall, oh, I, the last time I did it wasn't that good, so I'm going to try and change it, mm-hmm. part of the investigation. So you've gotten to the next step. And there's always a back and forth of recall. Uh, you talked and you made a mention of creating and recreating mm-hmm. uh, a situation. Yeah. Uh, using perception narcosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just can feel that there is this constant play and in the Abhidharma there's a reference to so many mental factors coming together, mm-hmm. playing mindfulness with a whole lot of, I think there are 18 factors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess the end goal is to be, to reach a point where you're equal about what's happening as opposed to getting too attached to something. Equal? To e- equanimity. Mm-hmm. Um, the point is to to be equal while or being to have mindful economy. and investigating and knowing that it's skillful or not and using the right energy your your the ultimate goal is is to be to to see things as it is and be equal with it to be equanimous about it it's yeah i mean equanimity though is more easily talked about than done yes so it's, it's actually, it's a very, you know, it's, it's a fairly uh, developed state, uh, equanimity. And, and uh, I more see it as a progression uh, of equanimity. It's true, yeah, it would, we could say that, that, that uh, equanimity is the, you know, it is the highest Brahma Vihara. Um, and it is, it is, in a way, like sort of the highest expression of the Brahma Vihara. So... But they're, for example, they're operating, they can be operating within, as I understand, an arahant. It's, it's not that an arahant, for example, doesn't experience metta 
or karuna or mudita. You know, they only experience equanimity. So I, I would say that equanimity is is a goal of practice, but it's not the you know necessarily the goal because it's uh, it's it's a lot more than that. But also, I'm saying that because it's it's not so easy to describe equanimity exactly. It's um, it's a state that uh, you know. Again, if there's mosquitoes buzzing around me right now, there could still be a a sense of um, of, of of whisking the mosquito away, right? But there wouldn't be a there wouldn't be a, my my impression is there wouldn't be a sense of um, of goodness or badness around the being bitten by the mosquito. It would just be it would just be a sense of like oh this is the this is the um, experience of having a body. You know we're sort of uh, living bags of blood, <laughs> and this and this 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 being is just um, enjoying food, and uh, and so equanimity would just there wouldn't be any uh, any unskillfulness or unskillful mind states that could arise. That's why they they say, uh, as I understand it, arhats have no kama. They can't create kama. Right, so kama would be unskillful mind states arising uh, and acting on that and sort of intention uh, or movement of mind from that place. So equanimity would be that there is no intention that's arising from that. But it, it, for me, it's not always um, practical to talk about it in a way of what it is, but rather like in a sense of, of, of how we're trying to move towards it. You know, we're trying to... Uh, uh, encourage ourselves in the qualities of equanimity. So, so in that way, it would be that uh, developing essentially a, a set of habits that allow it to come up in our in our our way of, of following the Buddha's path. So, with this, for example, this this uh, example would be okay. There's a mosquito around me, and the immediate sense is is got to get away. I don't like mosquitoes and fear around the future so all of those things they can be arising but then i can i can look at it and say like okay well wait a minute you know is there, can i find some contentment in this moment like it's okay there's a mosquito here yes it's fine you know if, if the mosquito is buzzing around me and there's this kind of you know it's a threatening feeling all you know you hear this kind of sound i've never heard someone say i love the sound of mosquitoes <laughs> you know as they're buzzing through the screen there and you hear them you know it's, 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 but, but even if there is a feeling of, you know, a dislike, the equanimity kicks in, which is just like seeing that clearly and being, as you were talking about, accepting, just like allowing it to be there and then just watching it arise and cease. Because the cessation is really where equanimity can, can be uh, assisted in arising. Because if we clearly see that this is just a phenomenon that's arising and ceasing, then we can we can have that equanimity muscle uh, being built, being being strengthened. Because we don't we don't say, oh, okay, there's an alternative here. I don't have to just have this, this emotional reaction or 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 move, go with it. You know, I can just okay, buzzing. This is a sound. This is this is exactly what you know your consciousness is. You know what's that like? And then we and then we investigate. We look at that, and then the mind isn't isn't necessarily um, then reacting. Or if it does, we're 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 up to it. We see it clearly. So oh, here's another movement of mind based on that. 
And so, so that, that starts, that's, that's where our mind is investigating and looking very closely. And then as, as these experiences are arising, we're able to, to stay with it. And the sense is, is, is that the dukkha is decreased. There isn't so much suffering. Uh, the, the contraction isn't really occurring anymore because we're, we're open to the experience of what it is to be around a very um, dislikable, like a very um, unpleasant sound. And then, it, you know, mosquitoes bite is, is for the most part unpleasant. But if we're, if we're with, the, with, with it biting us, then um, we can just see, oh, wait a minute, I've created so many things around this, so many emotions and, and uh, habits from my past. And through mindfulness, through like remembering, this is just a sensation. You know, there's, this is just an arising and ceasing. So I'm bringing that up in memory. I'm bringing that up in my consciousness and relating back and forth to this ex- experience and then the reflection of, of like, oh yeah, there's, how bad is it? You know, how, how bad can this be? And, and really being with that. So that's how equanimity is developed in a way. The highest sense of it would be that it's automatic. You know, the, my, my, my understanding of, of, of uh, enlightenment is that basically Dhamma has, one has been pulled into the stream of Dhamma to the degree that not only is like a stream enter, you're not, um, you're not going to recess to a certain degree, like you're, you're automatically going to eventually be reborn uh, at most seven times or whatever that, that number is. Um, that's the number that was given. But with an Arahant, it's, the mind is, is already uh, going towards the stream of, of Dhamma and there isn't any unskillfulness that, or regression towards unskillfulness in any way. So equanimity arises uh, spontaneously. It's just, it's there. It's like uh, someone might ask, well, when, when you have an irksome person, you know, poking at an arahant or something, wouldn't, it, wouldn't the mind kind of just, it would have to kind of move? And it's like, well, no, it's just, it's, it's so, it's been trained, the mind has been trained, uh, as I understand it for an arahant, that automatically it just, it wouldn't, go towards an unskillful place. It doesn't mean that, that a, 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 an arhat wouldn't say like, oh, that, that person's got some kind of unskillful actions in what they're doing. They, they, they would see clearly. But the, the mind just can't, it's not possible for the mind to go towards hatred or dislike, uh, you know, in that way. So, so ultimately that's the goal. I mean, in our, in our um, community, we have Lumpur Liam, who's the you know, the current abbot of, of Papong, who, um, you know, that's the, the head monastery in Thailand um, from the group of monasteries that came from Anjan Cha. And he's known as just being an incredibly equanimous person. And he just did, it really isn't affected by things very much at all. You know, at most you get kind of a, a little laugh here or there or smile. And there's never, I, I have no sense that it, anything would surprise him. Or that he would he would ever you know say the words oh really no really oh. shocking um, because I, I, anything that it seems like you say to him is like oh yeah right that's it everything's insubstantial it's changing all the time there's no self in it and uh, and there isn't a sense of it, it could be any other way so that's where the mind can can go it's just it just perceives things and, and understands things from perspective of Dhamma and there isn't uh, 
there isn't anything anything outside that because there isn't any other reality other than that. So, yeah, must be quite nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Since you were sharing your perceptions of the serpent ambulation, can I uh, can I add a perception? Sure. That. Uh, you know, I've been coming here for many years, right? And this is the first time that there was any kind of circumambulation. So I was like, ooh, something new, something yeah. interesting, right? right? So that was good. And then there was a part where we were walking down the dirt road, and there were the monks and the moon. It was just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Mm. You know, it was very inspiring. You and I know this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so even, I guess... Yeah, there's this kind of, maybe when it's old hat, you don't, you have kind of a legacy or you're, you're spinning off inspiration, even when you don't know it. Right? <laughs> so there, there's that part. But then I also noticed that um, since we did three times, I kept on, oh, oh, let's get to the dirt road again so I can see the monks <laughs> in the moon again. Yeah. Yeah, so there was so desire. craving there. <laughs> yeah. That I did, I was actually... I actually looked, that was what happened was I was walking towards the road or we were walking on the road and I look up and that's what, what, what struck me was, oh, this is so beautiful right now. This is so, you know, sort of sublime actually. It's perfect weather. I have enough mosquito repellent that there's, (laughs) there's no mosquitoes stinging me. And, and it's like, it's just so quiet and we're out in the country. There's, there's no impingement of, of noise really. There wasn't. I don't even think there were cars going by or anything. So, and uh, and that's what hit me. It's like I could get it that this is beautiful and 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 serene and and quite wonderful. And, just, and a group of people just walking silently around the Buddha out of faith. But then at the same time, I was there with my perspective and my perception of this being the same old same old place. But I could juxtapose it to the day I arrived, when everything was like, wow, okay, this is Desarna. This is how it looks, and this is what it's like. And, and then wondering, you know, like, what's that? That's so interesting. You know, it's not, um, it is possible to actually have a fresh perspective. It's just that the habit is so strong to not go in that direction that it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really see things see things clearly and that's a big danger with people for example it's a huge danger because we're just create each other all the time and and we can live our whole lives creating each other and having no idea that that a person is totally different than than how we perceive them to be and it's and of course they are because they are different than they have to be different than how we perceive them to be because their experience of themselves is totally different the only thing we can say is is uh, is regular for us is our created belief in them, our created perception of, of another person. We can say that we've sort of uh, mandated a substantiality around it that isn't there, but it is something that we can kind of return to again and again, and that's that's the unskillfulness of that's unskillful mindfulness. That's like not right right mindfulness, wrong mindfulness. It's like you're you're bringing up and remembering a perception. That isn't helpful, and it's not real. You know, like uh, I always, <laughs> I always think about it with when you think about someone you're really angry with or you don't like so much. How much of that is based on your only seeing what it is that they're doing that doesn't that make that that causes you this trigger around their their particular thing that bugs you? And it's always oh, doing it again, or she's doing it again, 
and you don't you you create that you say see but you don't see oh but actually they're not doing it two minutes later they're doing something totally different mm -hmm. and we can even miss how people are helpful and kind to us and no no this person's really mean to me they're really horrible to me don't you see it and someone can see I have no idea what you're talking about they did this and this and this and this and uh, and then you can you can either respond by seeing it freshly and say, oh I never thought about that or you can get back into your rut and say, oh, well, I know why they did that. You know, I know all about them. And, uh, and so with, with, uh, with those we live with, it's, it's very important to, to really try to undermine that because it's not, it's not helpful for us and it's not helpful for the other person. Yeah, it just creates unskillful mind states. But it's hard to do because uh, our minds seem hardwired to create perceptions that make us that, that that cause us to feel like at home and like we know what's going on and everything's okay and substantial even if it's miserable i know it's miserable you know and that's, that's sort of an irony people like their own depressions they can and on that wonderful note <laughs> we can uh, maybe close